0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. We are live. You're listening on the Grace FM Radio Network this is a live broadcast, and as we take your calls, you will you will hear um, your, you will hear your answer like you're on the phone with me. But if you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM or Refuge FM or many other uh, stations around the country, you're going to uh, you're going to hear the the program one week delayed i am a uh, a little um hesitant because i've got this thing coming up on my call screen that i've never seen before uh and i'm trying to get rid of it so please forgive me maybe if i would have been a little bit earlier uh i wouldn't have had this but maybe it's one of the updates from the new mac probably so just give me a call 303-690-3000 we'll work this out on our end on my end here on my little computer uh, and we'll see what the Lord has in store for us and love to hear from you Uh, love to talk to you about the things of the Lord Uh, while we're waiting for calls to come in uh, we want to remind you that our spring baptism here at Calvary Church is this Sunday night this Sunday night we're doing it a little differently we're going to be at the Parker Recreation Center they're on Lincoln and you know, basically just off of Parker Road a little bit. Um, and we are going to, we've rented the pool that way for COVID regulations and such. They're, they're going to keep the pool clean and we've got to follow their guidelines, et cetera, which is perfect. It's a perfect location for us to do this. Uh, and we are going to be baptizing for the first time in many months because of COVID. So we would love for you to join us. Uh, you can join us this Sunday. All, all the only requirement, uh, besides being a believer, uh, is that you register ahead of time because space is limited because of how much, uh, how many people. It's logistically it's super challenging. However, um, it's going to be great. And the pastors and I talked about it. Our staff talked about it today, and. You want more information, go to slash baptism. slash baptism. And all the information's there. Come, there's, we can't use the dressing room, so you'll have to come ready to be baptized. Come with your own towels, come with a, a modest cover up, and uh, we're going to do it. And we expect about 100 people to get baptized, which is a little low for us unfortunately, because of the location and the timing of it. We'll get back to our quarterly baptisms uh, that that we were doing on Wednesdays. As a matter of fact, we've already decided that our next baptism is going to be in the sanctuary um, as we normally do. We'll just figure it out, and we'll just make it work. uh, And um, So if you've been waiting and you're a believer, you got to get baptized. Obey the Lord. Um, Obey the Lord, and let's do it. More information, calvaryco.church baptism. And if you have any questions, call the church, but we will uh, connect you uh, and talk to you about how we can help you follow through with obeying God. Pretty cool. 303-690-3000, waiting for your calls to come in. 303-690-3000. One more thing, uh, we're going to be meeting tonight, seven p.m. here at Calvary Church, kicking off our one of the exciting months of the year, March missions or missions for March, whatever we want to call it. It is the massive emphasis that we place on our missionaries, um, and and we've got new virtual teams. We're calling them Go Teams, and you can join a Go Team in support of. We've picked six different locations of our 20, I think we have 25-plus missionaries. I'm not sure how many we support. We're looking to support six more by July. Praying about that right now. Um, So March for Missions, uh, at all of our services this month, we're going to highlight our mission, uh, specifically our missionaries. We support a lot of missionaries uh, from different churches, uh, but we really place a high emphasis on our missionaries uh, that we have sent out. Uh, around the world tonight we're starting in Thailand with Danine. she happens to be here on furlough uh, so we're going to interview her um, she'll have a table out with information she's brought some things from Thailand that will help support uh, the women and sex trafficking there you can purchase it's just gonna be fun and and I guess the <clears throat> this leads to where I've been lately just I want to encourage you to go back to church please go back to to church, um, and here's here's what I'm what, what I mean by that. If you are not in a super high risk category, and you would know that category. If you are in there, then obviously consult your doctor. Consult. COVID is real. Unfortunately, we have seen people die from complications of COVID uh, connected to our church, and we do not want you to recklessly put your life in danger to be in a physical location uh, to, to worship God uh, you can it, God God will be gracious and merciful to you while you wait okay so that's set, set the, setting that aside if you can shop, if you can go back to work, if you can go to a restaurant, if you can go outside and walk around, you know you know what I mean. If you have been mitigating your risks about who to contact, who to be around, um, I want you to seriously consider returning back to fellowship with your church. And I want to be clear: I'm not guilting you. I'm not saying you're a bad Christian. I'm not in none. I don't because I don't believe any of that. I know that this. Whole COVID thing has confused a lot of people. It's instilled fear in a lot of people. It has, in in some cases, really good. I, I know we we have a few people in our church that, because of who they're connected with, they can't be in. They they don't want to be in large crowds, so they might put their loved one at risk. Hey, I respect the decision you make as unto the Lord. That's I respect that. No no problem whatsoever. However, I know that. Some of you, you just need to take a step of faith that it's not a medical thing at all, uh, but it's a step of faith that, like, you know, we, j- honey, we just need to go back to church. Honey, we just need to be back in fellowship. It, this thing online, just not cutting it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of opinions in all this. And you see states like Texas and Mississippi and Montana finally saying, you know what, um, Enough is enough. We need to put the choice back into the people's hands. Our own governor—I was very surprised here in Colorado. Our our own governor uh, said that he expects a a normal type ministry uh, in by the summer, which I think. uh, uh, Excuse me, I misspoke there. I mixed my a normal type of existence. by summertime here, as whatever the vaccine rates and herd immunity and all that, I I, I think it's quicker. Personally, I think it'll be quicker uh, here, even as we see uh, more and more um, as they as we see more and more restrictions release, released, and and in Colorado the numbers are plummeting. They're plummeting down to almost nil uh, in how they how they measure things so all that to say as a pastor you you know frank if you want to just go up if you want to just run upstairs and tell them we're on the radio no seriously i'll wait i'll we'll be okay send somebody up there they may have forgotten um i don't know if you guys hear the noise on the radio or not but our studio is under a classroom uh, it's under a classroom here for our Calvary Christian Academy, and the kids are up there. Somebody's up there, and they're moving the desks and the chairs, uh, and so we're just going to send a friendly reminder upstairs uh, that we're on live radio. You never know what's going to happen on live radio. Isn't that great? I love it. I love serving the Lord. It is very unpredictable uh, and and so we'll send a message up there. Let's Until then, let's go on the phone lines out to Baltimore. James is on the line. James, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you, Pastor. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Fine, thanks. Um, so yeah, I just had a question um, as I was reading through the book of Proverbs, um, in particular chapter 26, Yes. and then starting with uh, verse 4 and 5. Um, so it reads, Um, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. But then in verse 5, it turns around and says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So I guess I was just looking for some clarification or insight, like, are we supposed to answer a fool according to his folly, or aren't we?
2: Yes and no. <laughs> That's really what he's saying. There's a, I guess, if we were to read the principles, remember Proverbs are are wisdom nuggets uh, that we are to then take the wisdom and apply it appropriately. And so, what I believe Solomon is teaching through the Proverbs there is there are times to rebuke a fool uh, or an answer a fool, and there are times that you don't. Uh, and Solomon, uh, as he's writing, uh, he. He's writing to do different types of situations. And in some situations, it's absolutely necessary to answer a fool. In other uh, situations, we should just let it go and move on. Um, you know, for example, <clears throat> in Numbers chapter 20, we have an example of verse 4 uh, where foolishness is answered. Uh, and, and he says, when the is- you know, when, in Numbers 20, remember, the nation of Israel was complaining about being thirsty. And Moses answered them according to their folly. Um, you know, he unfortunately was angry with them, but in his anger, he gave him the answer. And he says, "You know, what do we? What do you? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to take water out of the rock?" And in his reaction, he responded foolishly, uh, and he paid a price. Um, he he ended up not going into the promised land because he did the opposite of verse 4 where the verse 4 said don't answer the fool according to their folly he got mad at them he answered them according to their folly and he paid the price in verse 5 it says go ahead and answer a fool according to his folly lest he be wise in his own eyes and so it, it really depends on the type of foolishness we're dealing with because you know job shows us the wisdom of answering a fool for the purpose really of correction you know some people are open to an answer and open to correction um, those are the ones we answer. Um, some some people are just foolish. They're they're talking foolishness. They're demanding foolishness. We don't need to get involved in that. You remember Job, um, his wife, even though she was grieving, told him to curse God and die. Remember what Job's answer was? You're speaking like a foolish woman. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. And, and so it really depends on the situation. And I believe that's what, uh, I, that's what, Solomon speaking to he's speaking to two different types of fools. One type of one type of fool <clears throat> is someone that you just don't get involved and just let them go. Another type of foolish you you, you answer them.
4: Mhm. Yeah. So
3: that makes a lot of sense. So I appreciate your insight on that and clearing up uh, the confusion.
2: That's a great question. I mean, I love the. I love the. You know, when you're reading the Bible, and uh, we're reading the Bible, and we're we're just like, man, that doesn't make sense. We says one thing, and and the next one sounds like he's contradicting. But really, when you put them side by side, you can see. For ex, are you married? I am. So I'm sure there are times when you're just dumb, foolish with your wife, and she just goes ah and lets it go. Um but there are other times when you're foolish that demands, you know, you were foolish and you know maybe you're foolish, you said something dumb about the the Ravens. Are you a Ravens fan?
3: Uh not particularly, Well but then you're
2: then you made no mistake there. Your wife should love you perfectly like you you are a perfect man. <laughs> How about the Orioles?
3: Um I'm not originally from the area ah. so I don't uh really support any of the local teams. Okay,
2: what's your team? I'm sorry. Uh, what sport? Uh, baseball. Red Sox. Okay, then you have a real big problem with me, not your wife. That's a huge problem. <laughs> no, so let's just say you're watching a Red Sox game. You say something dumb, uh, and it really is just dumb. Your wife just lets it go. Like, it's she's not going to answer you. It's just foolish. It's folly. It's it's really, in the whole scheme of things, it's no big deal. But But then you will go out to dinner after the game. You take your wife out to dinner, and you say something foolish to her, that hurts her feelings. Well, mm-hmm. she's going to answer you for that foolishness because there needs to be an explanation of how you hurt her. And and so, yeah, you say something about the Red Sox, no big deal, because baseball is baseball. But when it comes to your wife's heart, yeah, she'll probably answer the fool. So you can be a fool when it comes to sports, probably she'll let it go. But you, have a, you, you become a fool and you hurt her feelings, she'll probably answer you.
3: Yeah, that... Uh that whole scenario um, or illustration definitely helps understand that passage even further, so thank you for that.
2: You're welcome. Thanks for calling from Baltimore. God bless you, brother.
3: Yeah, no problem. God bless you, too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: That's really good. I, I, love, I love the... These are, these are simple, observational questions, and I don't want you to uh, overemphasize the word simple, because a lot of the Bible is simple. Like you go well, you know. What do you want to start ask complicated questions? No, actually, what I meant what I meant by that is it was simple observation. So all all that means is he read the Bible and he stopped, and he was like, "Hmm, I I can't go any further because I see something, and I wonder what it means." And that's the basics of Bible interpretation. You see something, and then you question what it means. Let me make a recommendation to you, those of you that would love, uh, those of you that would love to go deeper in understanding how to study the Bible, it's a little book by my friend Skip Heitzig. Uh, It's called How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It. And it's super simple. It's like the, if not the, one of, if not the, easiest introductions to the inductive Bible study method. And of course, any of you that have heard Pastor Skip teach, you know that this is the methodology that he follows. And it's so good. Uh, it's so encouraging. And so uh, how to study the Bible and enjoy it. And you can get that on our on our bookstore. Everything you buy through our bookstore, the net proceeds go to missionaries. So if you want your resources to go that way, you can order online now, calvaryco.store. calvaryco, stands for Colorado, dot .store. You might not want to check the resources in your local Calvary, but we have it online. Uh, I just recommended it to someone, so we do have it in stock, and it's going to be just here's a, a sneak peek, heads up. It's going to be our pick of the month in April. That's how important it is. I want you to learn how to study the Bible. Greetings. Uh, text question. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Does Calvary Chapel Ministry allow female ministers and pastors? If not, why not? Ah, so uh, I would answer this question yes and no. Uh, Does Calvary Chapel believe the Bible teaches uh, female ministers? Absolutely, 100%. We have very key leadership positions in our church filled by super gifted, capable women. Absolutely, 100%. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. We believe that men and women, boys and girls, are ministers of the gospel. And not only do we allow them, we support them, we lay hands on them. Um, I think of... Shandell, who runs our school, Jill, her assistant. I think of my wife. I think of all the pastors' wives. I think of my assistant Cassandra. I think of my of our receptionist Morgan. I think of uh, key leaders like Michelle or or um, man. On and on the list could go. Um, so many. I Lori. I can name. I can name a bunch of women names. It was like all the women. Our, we absolutely one hundred percent believe in female ministers. We also 100% believe in female leaders, but I do believe the Bible limits the role of the elder and the pastor to men, and I believe that in a variety of different ways, including Paul's admonition to Timothy, including the the leadership that Jesus chose, including the headship that God had, it on uh, that God has. Um, created from Adam, and on and on, and and unfortunately, and I don't know, because uh, this was a text message. Unfortunately, because these things get uh, overlapped, and because of the culture that we're in, somehow the limitation on on pastors uh, and elders being men is viewed as misogynistic or judgmental or. Whatever it, it, there's a lot of things that could be called, but it's not true. Um, For example, um, in in the creative order of God, God limits the birth of children to women. Men cannot bear a child just by His creative order. And don't you know whatever the weird stuffs going on in our culture today, that's not that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Don't, just don't even, not even any comparison. That doesn't, it, it's so upside down and backwards, it doesn't even fit. Um, so, we do believe that there's a limitation there. And let me just add this I don't look down on churches that view this differently. I don't, they're my partners. Um, uh, I, I'm not gonna look down on them. I'm not gonna avoid them. I'm not gonna judge them. I'm gonna partner in them with the ministry uh, for the gospel. Um, and I'm cool with that. Uh, I think that I can disagree agreeably, but I'm not going to m- emphasize my I'm not going to emphasize my differences. going to emphasize things that we agree on. Um, but I think men- women should be very prominent in the church in leadership roles. Um, and that the question that would follow, well, do you believe a woman can teach a man? Yes, m- most of us were taught by our moms. And still are top by moms. I mean, my mom's in heaven now, but like I, uh, of course, of course. And you just got to handle the scriptures carefully. I don't, I even believe that a woman can teach from the pulpit uh, under the authority of the pastor. And that's not, that's not to be the pastoral authority of the church, but man, I was just, I was just in the, uh, now granted this was with kids, but I did, we've done this with adults, but Marie and I were just in the pulpit Sunday night together. And when she was talking, um, I was listening. And there were adults in the room, male and female, mostly the high schoolers. But we've done this before at other churches. And when my wife is speaking, I don't stop her and say, "Thou art a woman," and I agree with everything you said. So believe her. Let the Holy Spirit. That that's silly. That's exaggerated, right? So the idea of this. Well, wait a minute. I don't think women should ever teach men. That come on now. That's not true. Um, there's many exceptions that are biblically okay and accurate and approved. Um, and I just think it's some to divide that just we need to stop dividing over it. However, I want to say this too. There are some women purporting to be pastors that are teaching rank. Uh, un, um, there's this gal named Jacobs, I forget her first name, calls herself a prophetess pastor. She is the. Um, how many times does somebody that say they're a prophet or a prophetess that have prophesied wrong, how many times does it take in the Old Testament for them to be stoned? One. Why are we still listening to false prophets and prophetesses today? Stop it. Church, listen, stop it. These guys are fakes and frauds, period. Don't listen to them. But that's not your question. So thanks for sending your question. I think I answered it. 303-690-690. 3,000 is the number. Hey, Pastor, can you please tell me how you feel about COVID vaccine shots? Do you think it's all about the government control more than a medical problem? Thank you. Uh, I don't think it's more about uh, government control. I believe it is a medical problem. Anytime you have a needle put into your arm, you should consult your doctor. Uh, And I don't believe it's the mark of the beast biblically. I believe it's a vaccination like many other vaccinations. And if you have a uh, uh, an issue with vaccinations or shots, uh, then it is a personal choice. Uh, and if the government uses a medical condition to bring some kind of control, then we have a decision to make, don't we? But it's like anything. I was thinking there's a big deal with... Uh, Covid, people want to ask me, well, wait, wait a minute, it's made with abortion cells and all. I, I don't, I don't know any of that. Like, I don't, I don't have that. I'm not a doctor, and I'm never purported to be a doctor, so I can't speak with authority because I watched some YouTube video and now I'm an expert. I'm not, so I won't speak to that. Um, but I will say this: if you were, if you were diagnosed with cancer, and you called me and said, well, do you think the poison of chemotherapy is a government ploy to weaken me while I try to fight cancer. I'm gonna tell you, I have no idea. You should talk to your doctor. That's what my wife and I would do. We would talk to our doctor and you know the poison of chemotherapy drugs uh, is horrific. And you would have to you'd have to consult medically. It's it's not actually a pastor question. And any pastor that's jumping in on this and making it a pastor question, I don't mean you can't ask me. I just mean the Bible doesn't say. And if you believe it's a government control, then you have a choice to make. And if you don't believe it's government control, then you have a choice to make. But I think we need to approach these things reasonably, biblically, spiritually. And you know, I don't know about you, but I still got the mark on one of my arms when I got vaccine when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember it. I remember uh, regularly. I don't remember getting it because I think I was a baby and my parents made that decision for me. Um, I remember we used to get some kind of test that they would scrape your uh, what, they would scrape your arm or something, and then you have to wait a couple days. Do you remember what that was, Frank? T a tuberculosis test. I remember they did that. Um, I know when we go on the mission field and we're going to certain areas, we got to call the Kaiser Clinic. They actually have a, a part. I don't know if they do it anymore because I haven't done a trip like this, but I know that like, if you go to a place where there's malaria and there's other stuff, you got to call Kaiser and they'll give you, like, they'll tell you, you're going to, to such and such a country, you need these five shots. Um, and so when it comes to this, uh, it is something I, I don't, I, I'm sure the government is going to get involved. I'm sure. There's nefarious wickedness happening in our government, no doubt. What that is exactly, I don't know. The Bible tells me to be innocent of evil and excellent at what is good. Uh, but I know it's not the mark of the beast because the mark of the beast, it, in order for it to be the mark of the beast, you have to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. So talk to your doctor and pray. The Holy Spirit will give you will give you the wisdom that you need. Um it is a weird time we're in. I agree, uh, and we weren't asking this question ten years ago, uh, so I get it. It's hard. Um, here's another question: Are you going to get vaccinated? Uh, I don't. I don't. Sh- I'm not going to share that publicly because my life like that shouldn't influence you. What you should influence. What should influence you? Um, so, because this is a legitimate text question, I'm wondering if you're going to get vaccinated and why did you make the choice that you did. Uh, you know that that's a question that. Is my own personal medical history, and I'm not going to share yes or no uh, with you because I don't want my decision to influence you. You've got to make your decision under the Lord. It's not a sin issue, so I have no sin to avoid, uh, and it's it's not an issue where I think it's the mark of the beast. So I wouldn't say, oh, I'm not getting it. Um, I think you should pray, and you should talk to your doctor, and that's what I'm going to do, and that's how I'm going to respond to it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to my doctor. And then I'm going to make a reasonable decision based on my medical professional. I, would, I just talked to my doctor about uh, a serious deal uh, that, that they were looking into. Man, I was at the half of, half of the show already.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or
2: text us at
0: 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. I got cut off by the spot. I don't know how it aired on you guys on Hope FM or Truth FM, but we're back. I heard the music too late. I've got the wrong headphones today, and I was just talking, trying to get out that answer on vaccinations and you know, just to summarize it, if you're just joining us, give me a call, 303-690-3000. You are, um, you are listening to Calvary Live. It originates here at Grace FM Live, so you call right now, you're listening live. But if you're on Hope or Truth FM, Refuge FM, uh, if you're listening on another station, uh, just know that this is aired one week later. Um, and I was just looking recently in New York, they're going to be... At, and, I, and Israel too is starting to issue vaccine COVID passports. So while I don't believe this is the mark of the beast, it has all of the ingredients of what will what will be coming. You got you got Governor Cuomo caught up in all the scandals, and then he's still wielding control. Unbelievable. Um, but you know what? This what here's what happens. The Bible says that. There's a, the, the Bible uh, gives us a time in Judges where everyone did what, that which was right in their own eyes. Uh, and you, know, you the, the leaders that are there are there appointed by God, but uh, the righteous suffer under bad leadership. It's just the bottom line. Lord, help us. Protect us. Let's be gospel-centered uh, in all that we're doing. All right, let's go down to Colorado Springs now. Justin is on the line. Justin, welcome to the program.
4: Yeah, hey Ed, uh I had a question regarding um, you know, uh preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel to to people out in public. Yes. Yeah, so um, you know, let's say um let's say I have time some time to burn and I just uh happen to see like um you know, like a homeless person or maybe like a group of two people or you know, something where I wanted to just it's the Holy Spirit put it in my heart to share the gospel with them. And I do, I go up to them, uh, what would be like the most effective way to, um, you know, just give the most effective message um, okay. that, you know, to basically have them recognize that they're a sinner yes, and come to the Lord in repentance and believe in the Lord, but you don't have like, you know, eight hours to spend with them. Right.
2: That's a great question. Uh, I think that that is one of the most intimidating parts of... intimidating parts of engaging a complete stranger and one of the reasons why most people don't because they don't know what to say or how to say it Um, i would start by saying uh, a quick prayer maybe like nehemiah in my heart that i'm about to go talk to that person and then i would i would make sure that my conversation starts with a real true acknowledgement that the person i'm talking to is a person Um, i'd introduce myself i'd ask if they're okay i'd Maybe, again, depending on how much time you have, it would be really, So, so I guess stepping back, it would be really awkward if you just ran out of your car, hey, you're a sinner, believe in Jesus Christ, uh, and uh, for the salvation of your sins, see you later, and you run back to your car. So I'm assuming that you're going to have a little bit more than a couple of minutes because you want to build some kind of rapport with them, and the Mm -hmm. best way that I've found to build rapport with them is to talk about their life, to talk about them, what's your name, how long you've been homeless. Um, i'm sorry, it looks like it's a difficult um, difficult life. Is this the life you want? Um, how can I pray for you? Um, you know God put and you you're having a real conversation with a real person they 're not a project yeah uh, and these are all in the back of your mind and i 'll get to the practicalities in a second, but in the back of my mind, I just want to remember this is a human being created in the image of God whether they 're homeless whether they're um, you know high or drunk or Whatever I, I was one of those guys. Um, if you would have stumbled upon me, whether I'm walking home from a party or I'm laying face down when my friends dropped, kicked me out of the car and didn't even take me all the way home, like I was one of those guys. And one of those guys like me ends up uh, through many, um, you know, many of the uh, many of the seeds that were planted and watered. I ended up fall, walking into a church and receiving the gospel there. So. Remember, build a rapport. Number two, remember you're planting seeds, you're watering seeds. It it may not, um, <clears throat> it may not end up being a salvation experience in that moment. Who knows who what God wants to do? You may just be a part of it. But then, if you find that there is a little bit of rapport, you should have your personal testimony ready to share. And you can do that in just a couple minutes, and. And maybe because you have a heart for the homeless, you have a homeless story you could put in your, in your testimony. I'm always wanting to, to relate to the person I'm talking to. You know, Maybe that person that's homeless was, uh, was in the corporate field, or maybe they have a drinking problem. I'm, I want to find something that connects me to them. Like, Let's just say they'd ha- they had a drinking problem. Well, so did I, a pretty serious one. I had a drinking and a drug problem. And while it didn't lead to homelessness for me, it led to a lot of other things. So I'm going to, in my testimony, there's three parts to every testimony, my past, how God saved me, what were the circumstances around my salvation, and what God's doing now. And so a good, compelling story captures someone's attention. And it relates to them like, you know, hey, uh, I'm sorry you're homely, ah, man, I, got, I had a great job and I started drinking and now I just can't stop, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm like, man, I was there, bro. I'm so sorry. I was right there, and I, I I love to share my testimony. If I only have a short amount of time, or hey, come to church with me. I'll be here Sunday morning. You're gonna be. Is this where you you know again? I'm using the homeless example, but is this where you are regularly? Because I'll come pick you up on Sunday, um, and take you to church with me. Or um, and so your testimony is probably the most compelling and the most important part of your testimony is not all the emphasis on the past but the emphasis on God's power to save and his example of God saving. And then there you are standing right in front of him. I was praying recently. I'll give you a good example of this. It's sort of like what you're asking, but lady comes up after service. She's weeping. She's hurt. Finally, I, I was able to comfort her. She stopped crying. She's telling me about her drunken son. He's backslidden or not saved at all. I don't remember exactly which one it was. And... And you know, I think mom thought she, he was saved, if I remember correctly. And on and on, the, she's, you know, it's, can you just pray for my son? Pray for my son. After we prayed for her son, and, and when I prayed, I prayed with faith because she didn't have a lot of faith, but I had faith. So um, I, we prayed for him, and then at the end, before she left the building, I asked her, please look in my eyes. And she's okay. And she's looking in my eyes with tears in hers, and, she, and I, to, I told her, I was your son. I don't want you to ever forget. I want you to look me in the eyes because I was your son. A lot of what he was doing is what I was doing. God saved me, and he can save him. And she Mm -hmm. left with great encouragement. So I'd, I'd hone down my testimony to give it in a couple minutes.
4: Yeah, so, the, uh, so your testimony, and then, like, do you also quote any scripture? Like, you know, Jesus was de- died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. Three, you know, three days later, he was resurrected. Do you, do you also incorporate that as well into your testimony? Or? I
2: do. Uh, I, I use the Romans road because it's very fast. And I don't necessarily quote the scriptures like Romans 3.23, and I, I just say, you know, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, you know, we've all made mistakes. I, it's easy for us to say we made mistakes, but the Bible says that we've sinned, and we've not just made these little mistakes with each other. Um, and then I might I, I, might say, I might turn in that conversation, I might say quick, I, I might say, Justin, you've made mistakes, haven't you? And you'd probably say yes. And I say, yeah, me too. But, you know, what you and I call mistakes, God calls sin. Mm-hmm. And they weren't just little mistakes. Like, we sinned against our holy perfect, righteous creator. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I would, I might even say, you know, that isn't that encouraging? You have a creator who loves you and, you know, but the problem with sin now that we kind of agree that we've all sinned, we've all made mistakes. The problem with sin is the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. Sin destroys but the Bible the Bible says that doesn't end there. Like Because of what Jesus did for us, because of his sacrifice, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And you can have your sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ right now. Because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And listen, I know it's hard for you to hear, but you need to be saved. And I think you know that. I mean, you may not have paid attention to it for a while, but I think you know that your life isn't right with God. And and God loves you. He's pursuing you. That's even why I'm here today. I never met you before, you know, and and so I just incorporated the entire Romans road with you right there. Yeah. For everyone listening, it's the truth of the gospel for you, but also for everyone listening. It's true. These aren't tactics and techniques. This is the truth of God who wants to save you from your sin.
4: Well thank you very much Ed that was uh, certainly informative. I appreciate your advice on this.
2: Email me and I will send you a little handout that we do for the Romans Road uh, and how we've it, how we've taught the church to memorize it. We even made a little coloring sheet for the kids through the Romans Road um, so that we can we can give it to the kids and help them understand uh, what it means because the romans road is basically what that all that it's a fan, it's a it's a series of scriptures that come from the book of romans that take a person from being lost to being saved in like four scriptures.
4: Okay. Sounds good.
2: All right. God bless you, bro. You too. Bye-bye. So good. Oh, I love it. What a great show today. And you're welcome. I got the text back on the vaccination question. You're welcome. Glad you sent it. Phil in Aurora. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome.
1: Um, so uh, I've been trying to uh, to witness to my aunt. Um, she lives in Louisiana, and and I was uh, I sent so I sent this uh, I made this YouTube video um, talking about like how Jesus fulfilled prophecy and all these things, and yes. it's really a logical conclusion to say I'm going to believe in Jesus. Yeah. Um, and it, so she responded, and uh, she asked a question uh, about. Um, you know, well, all well, good people go to heaven, like a good Jew or a good Muslim, or just a good person. And I tried as nicely as I could to say no. Um, and then, and then I asked her uh, a couple questions about, like, what what do you believe about Jesus and about the Bible? And she basically said Jesus was a good person, and that the Bible is a good book. And uh, and so I don't know. I, I'm I'm, I want to keep the style going with her, and I, you know, um, I was just wondering, I don't know, I've been thinking about, you know, maybe talking about uh, the tax collector and uh, the Pharisee, the parable Jesus told yeah. about how they prayed, Um and see, maybe just saying, "Hey, would you read that and could talk about it or something?" But I was just going to see if you had any yeah. ideas or suggestions, and maybe pray for. Her.
2: That's great. I'm glad she's uh, communicating back with you and asking questions. We want to keep that going, um, and so I would keep that in mind as you even asking the question. I want to keep that going, and so if somebody, um, if somebody says, if like if she, if she was saying, "Well, doesn't a good Jew or a good person go to heaven?" I, instead of taking the approach of pushing back on her, I'd say yes. I'd say there are a lot of good people in heaven. There are a lot of good Jews in heaven. A lot of good Muslims in heaven. A lot of good um, and and the word, of course, that I'm I'm going to leave out, like with Muslims or someone, would be former, right? Because I just want to keep her walking down the road. Um, a, a Muslim in the presence of God, worshiping Him, realizes that Islam is not true. So now. They're a part of the church so I don't want to be misunderstood on that but I, the whole point I, the whole point I would be saying is I'm going to keep her down the road of saying yes, yeah good yes, good people go to heaven and you go well see that's what I mean but then I would but then as she's with me right if I'm if she's really with me then I would say, but you got to understand it depends on how we define good and let her define like we got to keep her talking. we got to keep her letting her theology come out of her mouth letting her think through because no doubt she believes things that are not true about God and no doubt she believes things that are not logical and while logic's not going to save a person it can disrupt their thinking and when their thinking is disrupted they look for answers and so we want to talk about what is good what does she mean like what do you mean by good sure good people are in heaven but what do you mean by good well you know moral and and uh, they do good deeds and and you're like, of course, moral people are in heaven. And of course, good people are in heaven. And then she's she's like, with you, right? She's like, well, that's what I mean. We believe the same thing. Yeah, we actually don't believe the same thing. That's why we're talking now. Like, when you think good, what do you mean? Well, I think good is, they just, like I said, like I described it. It says, well, here, here's the thing. When I say there's a good person in heaven, I mean that there's a good person that's admitted they, they're bad. What? Yeah, I think good people are in heaven because they've admitted that they're bad. What do you mean? You're talking nonsense now. And of course, I'm pretending to be your aunt. I don't know what she's going to say, but like, ah, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Well, but but here's what does make sense. You know you're not perfectly good, and I know I'm not perfectly good. So let's rephrase your question. Do non-perfect good people get to heaven? What do you think? Well, I think of course they do. I think they I think non perfect I think non perfect people can get to heaven. Yeah, but here's what Jesus said. Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. What do you think he meant by that? Oh, you don't believe the Bible, do you? No, I actually do believe the Bible, but let's just say I don't believe in all the Bible except this one verse, this one thing that Jesus said. Let's just let's just pretend we were with him. And you see, I'm not going to be combative with her, right? I don't think you are either, but I'm not going to be combative with her. That's not the point. I don't want to win an argument. I want to win a soul, and so I'm not going to come up and argue with her right away. I, I'm I'm going to challenge her, but I'm going to challenge her gently, and and I'm going to agree with her until I can't. You know, I'm going to take her, take her down the road where I'm going to agree with her until I absolutely can't, and I'm going to say, well, what do you think Jesus meant? How what do you mean? How 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 can that good person that's that rejects Jesus, get to the Father? How how's, How is that possible? And, you know, what's her answer going to be? She can't really answer anything other than, well, I don't believe in the Bible. And that's a different discussion, right? Because we have enough evidence to show her that the Bible is reliable. And that's a different discussion. And you can even say that, okay, okay, so I know you don't believe fully in the Bible, but that's a different discussion because I can help you understand how trustworthy the bible is but for right now let's just say this man jesus said this don't you think that's a pretty audacious statement i've never said it have you ever said it no well that's a pretty bold statement for him to for him to make do you think he was a liar oh, I, I don't think jesus was a liar. i never called jesus you know can, so you get where i'm going mm-hmm. now, you're saying you're saying which statement that jesus made I, i'm sorry it's I, in john 14, 6. he said oh. I am the, the way, the, the truth, and yeah. the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Right. And so the idea that—and I know what she means—the idea that you can be good, even though you know you've you, you've never received Jesus Christ and still get to heaven—that's um, not possible. Not according to what Jesus said. That's just simply not possible.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you
2: but I want to take her down the path. I, I want her I want her to come with me, right? That, so I always like to, especially with, um, with family members, it's going to be a long road. Uh, maybe the Lord will do it faster, but it's going to be a long road. And so I always like to paint the picture that my family member's over there, and I'm over here, and I'm building a bridge to her for the sake of not just getting to her, but bringing her back with me, willingly. I want her to come with me. And... And so, gently doing what you're doing, you're already on the path. Gently, carefully dialoguing, the Lord is already using you in her life.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that, um, and just try to be directed by the Holy Spirit, and 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 just try to uh, just try to share the share the truth with her as. as kindly as I can, and loving as lovingly as I can, you know.
2: Well, you definitely will. I promise you. Let me let me pray for you, Father. I pray for my brother that uh, is is being used in his family, and I pray that you would help him uh, to gently, but also carefully and authoritatively share the good news with his aunt. And you know, even if he makes a little mistakes or stumbles along the way, Lord, encourage him and strengthen him and help him to um, be used in mighty way in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you very much.
2: All right. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. So good. So good. I got a text. Uh, listening to the answer regarding aunt I really like how you're explaining. I would love to have a discipleship class that covers how to witness to people. Um, we do have a class here. It's not going on right now, uh, but Dale uh, oversees that class. So if you come here to Calvary Church, um, I can connect you with Dale. Um, and even if he's not teaching a class, this is his passion. What I just shared right now is his passion, and I see a lot of people I just noticed responded to my request or offer to send you the Romans Road, uh, so email me, ed at edtaylor.org, and I'll send you the Romans Road, and uh, I will uh, go uh, ask Micah, our, um, our graphic artist, to send me the ones he made up really nice, uh, and I'll send you a couple of versions of it, so that you can use it and learn how to share the Romans road with people. It's a simple way to share the gospel. You can email me at ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org. And I may not respond tonight. Depends off if I can get a hold of Micah um, to do that. Um, so I'm going to do it right now. Please send me the Romans road for kids and adults that we did not too long ago. Okay, I just sent the text to Micah. Thank you for being there with me. That's how fast you can do it. That way I won't forget. And so if you do email me, ed at edtaylor.org, I'll wait for those to come. I'll get. We'll have the one for kids. And then I think he redid one. I see. I have one in my files. I can send you no problem. But I think we did. he redid it very fancy for us because he's super, super talented. He is just amazingly gifted in this area. So I want to get you the nice one if I can. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. Um, Good calls today. Uh, Where are we? We want to go to line three. Mike in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to the program.
5: Pastor Ed, hi. Hey. Hey, I just had a prayer request that um, my wife and I haven't been back to church since the whole uh, pandemic thing here started. We've gone once. Okay. But... um, you know, I was talking to my wife. We watch you online yes. on Sunday mornings. So I was asking my wife, hey, when do you think uh, you know, it'll be a good time? When we go back to church. And she's like, well, well, <laughs> I don't know. And uh, I finally got out of her that a little bit of it is laziness, because it's easy to lie sure. around in pajamas and watch at 8.45 in the morning. Then you bet it is. get dressed and showered and uh, get out of the house in the car and go to church. So just, uh, and that's not just her, it's, I have to admit, it's me as well. Of course. Right? But she used to be the one that would kick me out of bed, that we'd get to church. Now that isn't happening anymore. So, uh, you know, just a little a prayer that the uh, Lord put on our hearts to get up on Sunday mornings go to church.
2: That's great. I, I'll, I'll do that. And I would, I would even say, you know, if, if both of you can't come, mm-hmm. let you be the one to do it.
5: Yes. yes and I just come. Too. Sure. And I mean, even if I came alone, yeah. I'm thinking, you know what, that would show her that, you know what, I'm serious about coming back and, uh, uh, you know, maybe the next time I asked her to come, she would not refuse. Right. Yeah, and so. you can
2: come back, and you know you can make it. It and a lot of times I find uh, I find that the wrong motivation is used. So so let's say a spouse gets up, and we we again I, we knew this would happen. New habits got formed during COVID. I agree with you. If I could teach you from my, uh, in my jammies from bed, I would do that too. Right. Um, we have the technology to do it. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tongue in cheek because I love being together with the saints, but like mm-hmm. I get the comfortableness. I get um, the coffee in my kitchen. I mm-hmm. I get it. I, and then when a new habit's form, it's so hard. Um, right. And you're right. It does factor in with bad habits and sin and all that. But sure. so, so with that though, I would say as you come back, when you come home, it isn't, it doesn't become, well, honey, I went and you didn't. And come no, on, no, I could no. do it and you can. It's like, right. hey, I know you watched service. I was there. What was the, what was your favorite part? And this is what the Lord spoke to me. And and what song did you like the most? And then she goes, "Well, I like that song." I'm like, "Oh, you would not believe how it was in the room." And it's just encouraging. Like, sure. the, we're not the Holy Spirit, and we try to be the Holy Spirit far too much in our relationships. If we would just trust God with people. Yeah, it may not even work out. Maybe she goes, well, you know, you keep going. I'm gonna stay in my pajamas. Um, but the but the reality is, is that then then the Lord, you're gonna be praying for her more, and then the Lord's gonna encourage you. Maybe it's a little bit more leadership, or maybe it's a yeah. little bit more encouragement, or it could be it could be all kinds of things. But at the very least, you're right. You're gonna be an example, and then when you come home, and even take her out to take her out to lunch, and go let's go out to lunch and talk about right. what we learned today, and and uh, and then. Maybe the second week she doesn't do it, and you're like, "Oh, it's like." And then you take her out to lunch. You go, "Man, it would have been really good. I miss worshiping with sitting next to you." And she goes, well, "Well, you can stay home." And you're like, "No, honey. You know it's not the same." <laughs> right. And then you just you're reasoning with her. You're loving her. You are serving her, and it won't be too long before you're back into another habit of you know because you don't want to live too long. That's why you're calling. You don't want to live right. too long. Now now the, now the verse really kicks in, do not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. Like, now that's kicking in, and, and the Lord is stirring people up because people are coming back, that's for sure.
5: Yeah, and you know, another thing, too, I, I have to admit is that, you know, our devotions that she and I had together at nights has fallen off since sure. then, are um, praying together that we've, we've done while we were going to church has fallen off since then, yes. and um, it's obviously paramount to a certain extent that we come back at some point, because, you know, we need to reconnect with not only the church body, but also with our Lord and Savior as That's well. Right.
2: So. And, you know, if you think about it, uh, and, and now that, you know, because you're really being real, and I, th- I hope people listening sense that, like, I, I get the... You know, people might be all judging you, and, and I, I hope they don't. I hope they hear the reality of where you are because you're just exposing yourself publicly in, in many um, intimate ways spiritually. And, and I would say that God is really revealing to you. It's kind of what I've been trying to explain. Like if you treated your work like you did gathering together as a church, you wouldn't be employed anymore. Correct. If you treated your kids like gathering together, you wouldn't be a very good parent. And, and we, we just seem to think—we like we know we won't get away with it at work, so we go to work, or we do our online work, whatever. We, we know we won't get away with it because, uh, with our kids because we'll just turn out really nasty, bad kids. But those aren't actually the motives. The motives are, is I love to provide for my family. I love my children. And, and what once God taps that part of love in us, then love is the greatest motivator and and we will do anything for love i mean as the song says but so the bible says like we will you cannot stop a person that's in love with the lord so let me pray for you and i think you what you just shared was was and being the last call of the day is an encouragement to many people listening because i promise you there are hundreds of people listening that are in the same exact boat that you and god loves you all and he forgives you all and he welcomes you back into fellowship as do we, so Father, I pray for my friend Mike. Um, all where exactly where he is is not where he ended, wanted to end up, but Lord, there he is. He and his wife and his family, and so I just pray that you would move upon his wife's heart and even on Mike's heart to switch around things. Even devotion start tonight. Just talking about the things of the Lord with his wife. Just talking about something that he learned in the scriptures. Talking about an encouragement that they would begin to. Stoke the fires of faith once again, not only to attend church in a building, which is beautiful, what a privilege that is, but to be the church at home. And so I pray, God, that you would extend to them, Lord, and thanks for adding a new habit. A new habit was added, not to replace the old habit, but a new habit was added where we gather together and we watch church online. That's a cool thing. It's something to be added. But Lord, let it be added to their vibrant life among the body among the body, with believers, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen.
5: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate it. Okay,
2: Mike, I'll right. see you soon. Take care. Okay, <laughs> I believe God. it. Okay. God, God bless, bless you. It. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. And I think if we just look at this new online thing as addition, not replacement, but addition, just like we've always said, right, Frank? It's like multivitamins. Watching online is like taking vitamins. You can take them, they boost everything, but you can't live on them. You live in fellowship. You live in person. You live with the church body. We were meant to be together, not to be isolated. But again, time has caught up to us. What a great show. This was encouraging. We're going to be here tonight. Ah, tonight you got to be here. Frank, you got to be here. The Bible study tonight is about how to be a good husband. Straight up.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.